back when I started studying Raja Yoga, I was really blessed with um, a teacher and, and other people around me who were really um, learning Raja Yoga and learning how to meditate and, and learning how to apply the practices. That journey has brought me to a place where what I learned about how to um, position myself, how to be in an asana of comfort in myself so that I can deal with all the different moments in life. So what I'd like to share with you this evening is um, what I've learned about the nature of the universe and how it's a constant movement of receiving and giving. And it's exquisite how it works on every single level, every creature, every plant, mosquitoes even do it. So there is this synchronistic flow to life that as human beings, we can align ourselves with it. Now, are you for giving or, because I many times, that's what I love about the practices, I, I've settled into a place where I enjoy just being present to the moment and whatever it is that will support that moment, talking to another person, um, training little Gracie, our, our little Labradoodle, um, whatever it might be, to be in a posture where I'm not inflicting my will on it, but rather, I have an asana of receptivity, of availability. And since, when I have it, by the way, but this asana of availability allows me to show up authentically. And what I've noticed is it connects me to something where I'm able to be of service to whoever. Not because that's what I want to do and, or need to do, but not that way at all. It's just that's the relationship that Raja Yoga has taught me. So there are these three concepts we're going to be touching on this evening. Samadhi, which is that unified state. In order to be for giving, you have to be connected to something that allows you to not manipulate or control or try to bend it a bit, but rather just to be present. So there is this term samadhi. What it means is there's a unified field that we can all tap into. And we do, and everyone here, I'm sure, knowingly or not, you tap into this place. It feels, all of a sudden, you feel comfortable in yourself. Now, memory comes into this because if you forget how to just be present to yourself, and there are people who forget that, that also has a detrimental effect on the brain. We'll talk about that too. So I want to weave in this evening how all these things go together. Finally, there's what is called the kleshas. When you're not connected, when you're not forgiving, the other state is you're needy. I know when I'm connected to the giving state and I'm becoming much more aware as soon as I get into another place where I'm not flowing. I'm reacting, so I'm in reaction. I'm not um, being fully present as I am. 
I'm feeling like I'm I'm needy. I'm feeling like I'm I I have to control this to keep it going the way I can feel comfortable. So this other state, Pantanjali also speaks about the disconnected state. It's called avidya. And there are five distinct symptoms that can happen when you are all about needy, needing something. That's the forgetting. If you're for getting things, well, it must mean you don't have them, number one. And it also means that you need them, number two. So you're not in a place of giving in that moment because you need to get something. And forgetting has many implications. However, when I'm about getting something, so maybe Radha said something to me and I react right away. She's not, she's not agreeing with me. Let's, that, that's a good one for me. So, uh, although I catch that much better now. But let's say that happens and she is in, um, I am in reaction to her. Immediately, what I know was I was just not available and present to what she was saying. I needed her to say it differently so I could feel better. I become very, very aware when I'm forgetting, when I want to get something. And there's a lot of words that come in there, you know, like, I never get what I want. Or, or I just wish, I, I just wish, I wish he would get me. So there's this disconnected state. Now, forgiving connects us to a place where we are able to be ourselves. Kind of play with the word wise, aware, intuitive self. The part of us that can feel, we're feeling life. We're not getting caught in it, but we have this huge capacity to be empathic. As a matter of fact, human beings navigate the world through feelings. Five senses, and there's the tan mantras, so there's subtle senses. And then there's the emotions, the way that we can experience another person's sadness or happiness. So this experience about being forgiving means you're available to receive whatever it is that it's best to receive. They go together. There's no difference between giving and receiving when it happens from a connected place. When it comes from a place in you where you're not trying to manipu manipulate it, you're not attempting to steer it so it fits your understanding of what you want, but rather you open yourself up and you receive something and it flows through you. Back in the, um, well, that would have been the early 80s when we had our holistic health center in Vermont, um, we did prosperity consciousness workshops. Because people, um, we noticed that people had this relationship to wealth or to financial security that was skewed. It wasn't relaxed and easy. They were trying to get security. 
And so we had to flip it around a bit. And in the workshop, Prosperity Consciousness, we said, well, it's interesting because if you know how to give, in order to give, you have to receive. So there is a conduit. There's a relationship between giving and receiving that is so intimate, you cannot separate it. As a matter of fact, when giving and receiving are out of balance, they are out, they're torqued. There's a gap between their relationship. In that moment, there are signals. If you do the practices, there'll be signals that'll let you know something's wrong. I'm not in my flow. I'm not in the zone. I'm beginning to be reactive. I'm actually feeling uncomfortable. So the disconnected state is not you. It's the not you. Because it's the state that says, I, I'm not connected to that which is my own self, and I'm not flowing with the situation. I'm feeling out of sorts. I, I really, I need, I need to get some peace. So this experience of noticing when you start wanting, needing, when you're trying to get it to go the way you want it to, if you can reframe that, that's a, that fits under what happens when we're disconnected. They call the clashes. So as soon as you get disconnected, you feel like something's wrong. You start looking for a solution. You start blaming things for being the cause of the problem. You start feeling a little alone. Maybe the person isn't agreeing with you. And then you start feeling a little anxious. Those are the five signals that you're moving towards disconnection. Amazing, isn't it? Those who are forgiving, if, if that's your focus in life, to serve others, well, to serve others, you have to be in a state that you can serve them and not inflict your will on them. Unfortunately, I've seen too many yoga, uh, yoga teachers, uh, spiritual gurus, who did that. All good, good-hearted people, but they weren't attuned to that other person. So this state of being forgiving opens you up to something that puts you in a harmonious relationship with the most, I think, essential fabric of nature of the complete universe. And that is, we're living in a unified field. We are meant to feel each other. We are here not as a person separate from others and you have to go off and make it on your own, but rather, I'm not saying we shouldn't be independent. I'm talking about another state. In this place, which we're calling your relationship to yourself, yeah, you want to notice when you're disconnected and you most certainly want to know how to connect. When we feel emotions that are expansive and unifying, the frontal lobe of our brain gets activated. There are hormones that cause the body to go into a state of receptivity. It's physical. 
if these centers are not stimulated, so let's say you're a person who's kind of stuck in getting, taking things. I mean, there's some examples in the world that are really sad. What happens is the frontal lobe of the brain is not stimulated. The getting part of it disrupts the flow of giving and receiving. And then you start getting a skew out of your asana, not comfortable in yourself, but you think it's because something out there is the cause of it. You get stuck in getting. And whew, when you don't stimulate the frontal lobe of your brain, when the cerebral cortex, when the, uh, when the limbic brain, when the reptilian brain gets activated, it's all about me. It's all about me. Now, there are times where it has to be all about me. I understand that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about someone who's not feeling. I love the fact that I was given breathing techniques and mantras and chants and hatha yoga postures and diet suggestions and um, lifestyle suggestions that have brought me to this stage of my life where I know the difference between giving and getting, taking. And the practices do that. So here's what happens. When the feeling centers of your body aren't working, the brain is atrophying. You start losing memory. You start forgetting. Everything's connected. This is the teachings of Raja Yoga that has truly touched me really deeply. I was given practices that allow my physical, energetic, mental body to be in alignment with something that, to say the least, is pretty phenomenal. So it's, my, it's where my wisdom comes from. It's where my intuition, my ability to feel where you are, comes from that alignment. It's essential to learn how to do that. So, wow. There are, there are people who are developing curriculums in some of the states. I have not researched this deeply. I just heard this. Um, Rada shared it with me. She was reading it. There are curriculums being developed to try to teach our kids, not try, to teach our kids to be empathic. They're, they're, they're noticing that adults right now are not empathic. It's all about me. My opinion is first. If you agree with me, you're okay. But if you don't, there's no giving and receiving happening. And so they notice that in the adults. So they're training our children, the ones who accept this curriculum. I, I want to find out how they're going to do that. Because there are breathing techniques. There are mantra techniques. There are all kinds of techniques that we can share. And there's many of them. These are just the ones I know. And that were useful for me. This is a pretty amazing journey we're on. But if we don't have the tools, and if we don't have an understanding of what the tools do, we're in trouble. So it's very simple. When you're in a giving state, you want to give yourself, not to get something. That's where the getting comes in. Just when you just want to give yourself to something, how does it feel? What happens? 
it's delightful. It's delightful. And when you receive, when someone gives you something, uh, it, it's walking by someone and, and, and they just smile, right? They're giving you something. If you're in this giving, receiving, balanced state, right? Potentially because it's samadhi. But if you're in this giving, receiving state, it just, wow. And then if you're really good at this, be, if you're really forgiving, right? Someone comes up to you and they do something really nasty. Say something really nasty. They, do, they just do something that's not nice. Are you in a harmonious relationship with it? Are you forgiving in that moment? Can you be authentically present to whatever this is coming at you and just be present with it in a way that creates or fosters or supports unity, the relationship of giving and receiving? Psychotherapists are trained, my training, um, are trained to know how to make contact. How to just be present with someone and let them know you're there for them. That's forgiving. You can do that in any situation. Now, when you're not in alignment, though, that's where everything goes out. That's where things go astray. Because in the moment that you are feeling dissatisfied, in that moment, the dissatisfaction, and this takes training now, what I'm about to say, you're able to notice your dissatisfaction before it reaches your tongue, vocal cords and tongue, and you say something stupid. The power of using all your faculties, the power of having your mind clear enough so that there aren't disturbing waves in the mind, there's clarity. So the mind is an has the amazing ability to reflect what's happening and present it to you. So if I start getting dissatisfied, I'm trained to notice I'm dissatisfied. However, I have to catch it early on because if it goes on a little bit too long, I become dissatisfied. That's another problem. Then you really are in the forgetting state. And as I mentioned before, that getting state, that's a needy state. Now you can be aggressively needy or you can be really just horribly collapsed needy, whatever it is, it's not a feel-good place. No one likes it. And when it happens, your CO2 levels always are higher than is healthy. When there's a lot of CO2 in your body, either short breaths or shallow breaths, fast, short, or long, shallow, the CO2 levels go up and make your blood acidic. The acidity goes to the brain and it triggers all of those places inside, like fight or flight, all the stress hormones, and your body basically goes into this, this state 
that's that's not comfortable. So you want to catch it as soon as possible. Where you can always catch it, just like giving feels good, getting has another feeling to it. Now, no doubt it depends what you get. But when you're getting, not receiving, so you see how the difference is now? Getting is not receiving. Getting is I need something because I don't have it. Receiving is, wow, look what's coming my way. Getting comes from the disconnected place. Potentially calls that a vidya. We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. And then talks about samadhi. Talks about a unified field that if we will train our body just not to be toxic, let all the organs and glands do the things they do really well. When you get older, thing changes, no doubt. But if you keep your physical body in that kind of dynamic, balanced state, it's in alignment with your wise, aware, intuitive self, not your mental self, because your mental self, mind, is in a state where it's so calm that whatever you begin to receive, your mind forms itself around it, and there's acceptance. You don't think. It's like a coin drops in the water and the water surrounds the coin. So giving, receiving, that state of balance keeps you healthier. It allows you to be present. Availability to receive. Close your eyes for a moment. And notice your physical body. Just notice, mm -hmm. don't have to do a thing. Be aware of your physical body. Notice your breath. Notice movement of your lungs. Practice as you breathe. Receiving the air and taking it in. So focus on receiving. Then when you exhale, put your attention on the giving back. So you're taking in oxygen. Plants help us a lot with that. And then we metabolize the oxygen and we give back to the plants the CO2 that they need. It's the giving and receiving connection. So just for a moment, I'd like you to understand the difference between forgiving and forgetting, the difference between receiving and air is like, it's it, it's, it sustains us.
its life to the physical body. Receiving and giving. Tune into the feeling as you receive it and the feeling as you give it back. Now, this is tuning into a very, very subtle space. But it's this movement back and forth. At some point, even breathing gets so shallow and gets very quiet. When that happens, it's a precursor. You need to do that before going into deeper states of meditation. But for right now, when you're receiving and you're giving is in alignment, you will experience something. something will shift. Now, tonight you may or may not experience it. That's not important. But it's this amazing moment when everything gets in alignment. And you become comfortable in yourself. Now begin to breathe more deeply. We're not going into meditation right now. That's gonna come a little bit later. So if you would please, breathe more deeply now. Now you're exaggerating it a bit. You're taking in a little more oxygen and you're giving out a little more CO2. Notice the receiving and giving. So really work with yourself with it. And obviously, if you have a cold, you're excused from this exercise. And slowly open your eyes and do it. Now that's creating a whole different thing. So breathe deeply, exhale, but have your eyes open. Okay. By practicing that and many other what are called pranayam techniques, the, the experience of practicing for all those years what it has done is it allows me to be of service to others. And you might say, well, who? And I'll say, I don't know, because I'm not looking for anyone, but somehow someone will find me and I'll be of service, I guess. That seems to be how it works. 
the efforting in life gets less and less. Now you effort, you have physical effort, of course, but I'm talking about the mental emotional efforting. It becomes less and less. And the good news is your frontal lobe gets more and more active as you age. This is a silly thing in our society. I'm sure everyone here knows that. Aging should not look this way. But it does because we weren't given the techniques and practices that for thousands of years brought people to be much older and than they are now, apparently. But that's not even important because quality is far more important to quant than quantity. So do you want to feel more? Of course you do. Who would say no? Except for people who are disconnected and are about getting. Because feeling more means they might feel more pain. So I understand that. Because I'm like that too. When I'm in my getting mode, I don't really appreciate what it feels like. I've begun to teach that part of me. I begin to kind of relate to that part of me that gets a little tough and gets in the getting mode. And what I do is I really give it a hug. Just truly, I just say, oh, there I am again. Okay. All right. How's it feel? Let's go through the routine. You know the routine. You've been doing it for a long time. What's it feel like? How's your breath? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm short breath. Okay. Take a deep breath. Do some chanting. Oh, shit. No, forget about oh, shit. How about um, um, hum? Something different. So we begin to change our relationship to ourselves. And then what happens is your memory increases. Now, Pintanjali talks about this in length. Memory is essential to remember. When the member gets separated from the re, then you have to remember. You've got to get back connected again. So if you are in a disconnected state, the chemicals in your physical body will tend to cause a corruption to take place, depending on your genetics, depending on so many things. But the body won't function at an optimal level. When you're in a getting place, you're emotionally not feeling satisfied and fulfilled. The front, front party, you don't want to feel what's going on around you. You're all about getting some peace, getting some quiet. So what happens is the stress hormones don't allow the brain to function at an optimal level. It's working out too much with fight or flight. There's too much reaction going on. And you stop feeling. But here's what Bintanjali says. When the body and the prana are disturbed, the parts of the brain that help you to remember get disrupted and you forget more. You literally lose your memory or parts of your memory. Wow. Now, I'm saying this only not for like immortality or something, because there were some yogis who tried that. I, that's not the topic here. The topic is here is how can I be in a relationship with myself that will allow me to remain open and available to whatever comes my way, whatever I'm going to receive? 
I don't want to waste my time trying to get something because I don't know if it's the best thing for me. My track record with getting isn't the best. My track record with giving, much different. Pretty good, actually. And I can attribute everything in my life, and I'm very fortunate that way. Health, beautiful relationships with friends and people, a wonderful wife, an incredible eight-year-old Labradoodle, an amazing four-month-old Labradoodle. I mean, wow, lots of blessings. I attribute it all to the practice of Raja Yoga. Because I was trained to keep my body mind in a position, an asana, a comfortable, authentic place so that I can be available to whatever life offers. And I want to receive what's being offered to me. I find that staying in this relationship of giving and receiving, I can give you so many examples of the health reasons for that. But it allows me to be more forgiving. Not the forgiving, see, there's a, there's a problem with the word forgiving. Because this is not forgiving. This is for giving. Big difference. Forgiving means, I did a whole bunch of things with, with the dictionary, right? So forgiving means, in my words, you got upset. You reacted to something. And you didn't like the reaction. And you projected it onto yourself, another person, your car, whatever. And then let's say it's another person, right? You weren't nice to this person, but they weren't nice to you. So now who's going to be the bigger person? I will. I'll be forgiving. That's not the forgiving we're speaking about this evening. That forgiving, first you have to be disconnected and get upset, project it on the other person, and then realize that your projection really hurts, and then you forgive the person so you can feel better. Now, that's a good, that, that's a fine thing to do, but it's not samadhi. It's not a state where you are in a harmonious receiving, giving, where when that person said it, you realized, well, they don't have all the facts and understanding, and that's just their nature, and I must have said something to get them upset. God bless them. And, and you do that Aikido move where it just goes right by you. You don't collide with it. You don't fight. You don't get into a stalemate. Have I mentioned how much I love Samadhi? But that's the connected. I love to be forgiving. But when I'm disconnected, I want to know I'm forgetting. And what am I forgetting? Something I don't have. And that's something I don't have. It's really simple. Feeling comfortable in myself. I don't have that in that moment. I don't know about all these other places. But I do know. At times, I feel really comfortable in myself, and I'm, I, can, I can be magnanimous. And there's other times where I feel less than that for sure. I want to catch that. So Bintanjali tells us that there are symptoms wow, of disconnection. When you start forgetting, you're going to feel dissatisfied. You're going to definitely feel something's wrong. You're either going to blame something or it's going to be because you don't have it, so you want to run after it. 
But the whole time in that moment, do you feel full and complete in yourself and with everything around you? No. It's called asmata. Loneliness. Ever feel lonely? It's not a giving state. I can tell you, it doesn't happen when you're in a giving state. But in a forgetting state, you can feel lonely. I could write a book on lonely. As all of us can. And do you ever feel a little anxious? Do you ever feel like, you know, I don't know, but I just feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just I'm not supposed to be here, or I don't know. I mean, it's just, I just, it, something's, it's called a binivesh. Fear. So when you get disconnected, there's a rash that comes out. You got to recognize the rash. And the only calamine lotion for this rash, because it's a big one, the only one is to get connected again. Or at least begin to change the trajectory and start heading back to the place where you know where you feel good. You wouldn't be listening to this unless you are so aware of your beauty, your specialness, your uniqueness, the part of you that is fantastic. And you also, all of us know the other one, the needy little Gary. Two states, there it is. So the practices, whatever they might be, all religions are designed ultimately, I may be kind of tweaking this a bit, but it's, it's my vantage point, that at the essence, what they're looking for is unity. The path to it, and I don't subscribe to almost all of it, but anyway, the, the path is for unity. All the First Nations, all First Nations, they came from the earth. They know this dance of, of giving and receiving. They know how for the salmon to, to flourish, we've got to change some of the things we're doing, like eating too many of them. So this receiving and giving can get out of balance. One might say that's where our planet is right now. We're in a state where giving and receiving is not flowing. Why don't we have vaccines everywhere? I don't want to get political, but I do mean that. Why aren't we helping each other? Why are we making it possible for all of us to our capacity to live in a place where we can feel comfortable, connected? We can do that, all of us here. Yeah, it takes some practice. That's the key. It takes a lot of practice. Forgiving or forgetting? Now, let's use that in our meditation because what we've talked about is that the fabric of the universe is a delicate, harmonious, synchronistic movement. That as a human being, we have the capacity to align ourselves with that giving and receiving mechanism that is embedded in everything, mental, energetic, physical, it's embedded in it. it, it it's the building blocks of it. 
So what we have to do then is we have to practice as much as we're able to beginning to change our relationship with our mind. So this meditation technique is going to be, I would like you to receive anything the mind gives you. Whatever it is, just receive it. If it knocks you for a loop, take a deep breath. Can you go into a forgiving for receiving mode? Or, now this is a trouble one if you're a meditator. If you want to get samadhi, if you want to get peaceful, if you want to get happy, if you want to get spiritual, if you want to get realized, if you want to get enlightenment, oh my goodness, that's a lot of getting. Doesn't work. <laughs> for me, didn't work. Now, maybe for them, they're going to get some epiphany and it'll work. Did not work for me. So what I had to do in my mind was I had to change my relationship with my thinking process. I had to be giving. I had to be open and receptive. And I had to learn how to get back into a harmonious relationship with thinking. Would you like to do that? Let's do it. Get comfortable, because I want you to be alert through this. So whatever it is you have to do to just make yourself comfortable. The eyes process more information. The brain moves because what of the eyes see. So the movement in the brain and therefore in the mind, a majority of your thinking comes from what you see. It has to be hardwired because we have to survive. So what we want to do then is, if you're comfortable always, but close your eyes. So take some deep breaths. Exhale slowly, just like we did before. But this time we're we're going to a theater, you're going to sit in a comfortable seat. You pick which row, how close to the screen you want to get, you decide. But we're going to get comfortable in a seat in a theater so we can watch our thoughts. Cool. So comfort is important, but alertness is more important. You can have both, comfort and alertness. Now, what you are doing right now is you are allowing an alignment between your breathing and your physicality and an alignment with your breathing and your thoughts. The more relaxed, oxygen-rich blood you pump through your body with deep breathing, the more the rest Relax response happens. So your brain literally starts producing enzymes, hormones that are designed to let you be receptive. 
not fall asleep. No, dynamically present to what is. So as you're breathing now, you're sitting in a seat, just watch your mind. And what you're practicing is just be receptive to the thoughts, but remain in the seat, please. Don't jump up on the screen and take over the show. You're the observer sitting in a seat looking at your mind on the screen. You're going to notice when you react. All right, now that's going to be the exercise to be in a receptive posture to receive whatever it is that's going to happen as we begin this meditation. We haven't begun it yet. This is the prep. I am going to share some mantras with you. Listen to those mantras and receive them. When I end the chanting, continue to be present in your observer capacity, watching your mind and the thoughts, and just receive them. If you get hooked on one, that's okay. Go back. Get comfortable in the seat again and watch for the next one. For some, this will lead you to an invitation. You can't get this invitation on your own. This comes to you, you receive it. And the invitation will be to take a deep dive into that peaceful Shanti. So I'll chant and we'll have a meditation together. Om Karam Bindu Samyaktam Nityam Dhyayam Yogina Karmadam Mokshadam Chaive Om Karaya Namo Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti,
slowly and Kenny, you have to mute, please. Just notice the place where you're sitting in this moment. As the mind reaches a state of neurod, waveless state, we have the possibility to receive to be open to, to resonate with the aware, the conscious self that you are. It's always present, dancing in the world as being forgiving and for receiving. This samadhi connected state is your birthright. Every single organism is connected already Yet many humans are forgetting who they are. And there's no room for giving when you're forgetting. This is who you are. So take some deep breaths. And the practice will always be to remain in samadhi with eyes open and dealing with the challenges of our life. That is the practice. That's what we're all doing. That's why we gather and talk about the fact that there is a state of consciousness that can be achieved where we are in a harmonious relationship with everything. Whatever that means. It's not always pretty, whatever it means. And each and every one of us are part of that unified field. Imagine if more of us are about giving and there's less people who are forgetting, more people who are remembering, putting it all back together and going, ah, that's who I am. 
So in finding out about this state of samadhi, the, the synchronistic movement of energy, so that you can go through your life and go to the grocery store and not get upset with the unconscious person in front of you who's pulling out $800 in pennies. It's an amazing journey we're on, and it's wonderful to do it with you.